Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast episode 280. That's a little darts gag there. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, bit of bully. Yeah. Keeping the energy up. Can't beat a bit of bully. Uh, we're going to kick off this week's podcast talking about Assassin's Creed and why our hometown, or my hometown even, of Landon is the perfect setting for the next game. Now, you guys, you've seen the trailer? Yes. Thoughts, initial thoughts? I'm kind of, well, for me, it's just, well. As a Welsh boy in the uh, big city. As a Welsh boy in the big city. You know what? I think the Order 1886 has kind of, I feel I've kind of done London. Well, you've done London through a very specific path. But it's a, but also, yes, it is quite, it's very much corridored. But it's similar, it's a similar time frame, isn't it? It's the Industrial Revolution. Yeah, um, so? So I, I've just... I've already had my Victorian London fix this year. You only you only want one Victorian fix. It's not so much that. I just feel I, I've done it. And coupled with the fatigue, usually for me, yeah. what makes a good Assassin's Creed is um, either I haven't played one for a while, so I played Assassin's Creed 2, and I yep. skipped 3, and then I really love Black Flag. Yep. Um, that was two years ago. Yeah. So usually it's a, it's a, healthy, it's a healthy gap, or it's um, an exciting new setting. Right. This setting, for me... I kind of feel I've done it this year. So I have had a bit of a gap, though. So as we see more gameplay, maybe it'll grow on me. But I'm I'm really suffering from franchise fatigue with that one. They need a year off. Well, I just don't hear about it at all. But I don't think that'll make a blind bit of difference. What they need to do is innovate. Mm. And I feel like there's a whiff of innovation. Not much, but just like the horses that are in the streets of London, like a little whiffy dung. <laughs> a smell of innovation. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Yeah, well, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I didn't know there was a trailer. Therefore, I haven't watched the trailer <laughs> for it. You have been in St. Lucia. I have, I've, been, I've been on holiday. Right. Healthy guy. And I saw that headline, but I didn't know there was a trailer. No one sent around a trailer link. I just thought it was maybe an announcement that it was going to be in London. But of course, that was ages ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of at a slight loss here. Well, so it is set in London. Okay, <laughs> yes. so are there Cockneys in it? Yes. Well, you, as you would imagine, the voiceover is... All right, governor. <laughs> it is, it's like, I think, is one of the characters called Bloody Nora or yeah, something? Yeah, one of, like one that. of the like, leaders of a gang, oh of a gang God, is called Bloody Nora. It. It's very much Dick Van Dyke school of... It, right. It's not quite that extreme. No, they're, I well, hope they're English actors. It, but you get a gruff kind of, yeah. Yeah. Like, not quite Danny Dyer-esque, but there is a, a, a tinge of Cockney mm. to it. Right. But the reason I like it, or yep. the reason I'm interested by it, and I was not interested in uh, Unity last year, yeah. is that, you're right, it is a setting that we've kind of known and seen many, many times before in film and in um, video games. Yeah. But, unlike The Order, it's open, and I can go and explore, and I can go and see all these amazing landmarks and all this kind of stuff. And for the first time in an Assassin's Creed game, there's a lot more... Um, 
uh, well, it's, it's on the brink of industrial revolution. Yes. So it's going to be much easier to get around the city because there's going to be horses and carriages, there's going to be trains, and all these kind of things, which haven't really kind of featured before. No. And um, that's exciting. I mean, w- w- again, me. what we didn't see, uh, so one of the things I liked about before was the naval, uh, you know, the naval warfare aspect. Mm. We haven't really found anything that replaces that. I know, obviously, last year they had... Um, you know, but why do we need to replace that? Because for me, that was innovation. That was new to the game. Whereas well, what do whereas they have? Whereas to me, that was like, you've got this one part, this is Assassin's Creed, mm. and one part, naval, and they were kind of stuck together. But well, That's true, really actually. The, the game work. part of the Assassin's Creed part of it, I was kind no, of still They like, felt like two separate games. Yeah, but that's why whenever you got bored of the Assassin's bit, which was regularly... Play a different you, game. Well, because you played the same <laughs> game for years. Um... I, d- I don't know. I just think that um, I'd like to see because we say this that it'll it'll mix it up and there's the transport and stuff. And they mention how you know you can leap on top of the carriages and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but I don't know. I, I just I I'm wary of. But uh, like assuming I can too just much. imagine that you're going to be racing down the mall or something like that. And I'm not talking to play about the place where you go shopping. Mm. Um, and you'll be, you know, darting from one carriage to the next and, you know, somebody importers in the front and then you've got to assassinate them. That's exciting. It's kind of GTA in Victorian London, which I'm up for. Will, um, obviously IGN is based in central London. Yes. Will you be able to, if it's open world, will you be able to go to the location that office is based and see what's happening there? Well, well I started in IGN in 1867, <laughs> so yeah. I'm hoping that I will feature <laughs> so in the yourself. game. yourself. You'll yes. be there. <laughs> Uh, well, so let me tell you a little bit about the game. But yeah. first, some London 1868 facts. Did okay. you know the world's first traffic lights were installed in Parliament Square in 1868? So this is a, so the game is set 1868. Yeah. So okay. The, so like, I think will we see the world's first traffic lights being installed? That would be exciting. I hope so. <laughs> Couple edu- of work. <laughs> it's edutaining. This is what we want. I wonder how that. What what would they have looked like though? Well, we'll find out when the <laughs> yeah. game is released. Because they use gas lamps, right? That was the lamps. The Still no electricity, it's gas lamps yes. everywhere. Well, uh, I think there probably was some electricity, but... Definitely not, m- to, but that not to that scale. But not to that scale, no, no, no. Good, good bit of trivia. Uh, there, it was the year of the last public hanging. Ooh. Uh, okay. And it was Michael Barrett, uh, who was a bomber from the Clerkenwell explosion. Oh, wow. And it was ah. done outside of a prison, but I can't remember which prison. Wow. That's quite interesting. But then they became... They still did hangings, but they were uh, obviously... They weren't public. No. I was going to say, yeah, because the last one was... Let him have it, wasn't it, in the yeah, 1950s? Yeah, not yeah. that long ago, really. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Press Association was founded. That okay. Year. Oh. You remember the PA? I'm not, no. no. Should I be? No. No. And then my last London fact is Smithfield Market opened. Meat ah, Market. We do like Smithfield Market. There's bound to be some meat market action in Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Syndic- yeah, who would you expect to see over there? Danny Dyer? Danny maybe. Dyer, yeah. Well, so the trailer shows off uh, like bare-knuckle brawling. Like Fighting is a, lot, is a much bigger thing. Yeah. Obviously, if you're walking down the streets of mm. London, you can't really carry a massive sword. So it's all about kind of concealed weapons and yep. fighting, fist fighting. So um, there is obviously, I can imagine, some fighting going on in the meat market. Yeah. The combat looks, uh, looks better because whereas I think... In the last few ones, there's been a lot of reliance on the hidden blades and the swords yep. and stuff. Whereas this, you know, there's brass knuckles and it's stuff like that. So it's a lot, it's a lot less kind of, you know, insta-kill type stuff. It's mm. a lot more, you have to beat them down. There were elements of the trailer that I thought looked like um, Gangs of New York, actually. Because mm-hmm. um, that was a pretty brutal film, yeah. if I remember rightly. I want to hear Ray Winston and Michael Caine show up in this game. 
Do you? Yeah. Born around then. Yeah, I don't recognise any of the voices no. that I've heard so far, and I can't imagine that no. they will ever appear. Um, other interesting stuff, I think, is that... So the map itself is 30% bigger, which would obviously go to explain that you've got all these better way methods of getting around, so yeah. uh, it needs to be bigger. Mm-hmm. I also think it's more densely populated than any other Assassin's Creed we've seen. Obviously, Paris, uh, Revolution Paris, was pretty kind of um, dense in terms of architectural um, buildings, but I don't know from the trailers, it looks like there's a lot more going on, there's a lot more traffic, a lot more people, which you would kind of expect from the capital. Um, and there are six boroughs to explore within the game. Westminster, The Strand, City of London, Whitechapel, Southwark, and Lambeth. And Lambeth was, incidentally, where I was born. Ah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I know. Okay. Within the where, sound of the bow bells. And it's where I live. There you go. I live in Lambeth. I better appear in this game. Do, uh, do we know, do royalty appear in the game? Well, so that's one of the things... So. Th- Assassin's Creed has always kind of had these storylines that kind of talk about, you know, the rich robbing from the poor. Mm. And, but it's much, much stronger in here. With the idea being is that you go around and you um, you free a lot of the poor because at the time of the Industrial Revolution, that's when the rich got richer and the poor were living in kind of squalor and, you know, being paid nothing for working in uh, workhouses. But you basically free them and then they become your army to take over these boroughs. So I would assume at some point, as you kind of build up your resistance, that you take over the city. And who knows, you know, maybe you will attack Buckingham Palace. Well, in in- interesting factoid that I learned when I was interviewing the Order 1886 guide. Um, there's a lot of issues with depicting royalty in games. Right. You, there's a lot of red tape. So you can't use likenesses, names, so, stuff like that. But there's no it. reason why it could be somebody else. No, exactly. It could be a royal, but I think they'd, ha- they'd so, get in trouble for that. So in previous, like in Assassin's Creed, I can't remember, two point something or other, you could punch the Pope in the face. Apparently, the, the, <laughs> Catholic, you can't the Catholic Church the surprisingly lacks um, the, the English royal family. Yeah, but which pope so. was it? Maybe it was it was it an official pope, or was it just a made up one? I don't know. Because that's what Luke's saying is that no, it could know. be made up royalty. Yeah, but they have issues. With but it. you would want it to still be. Um... See, that's interesting because I'm thinking back to I think it's the Naked Gun two and a half, mm. and Leslie Nielsen beats up the Queen. <laughs> And it's the Queen, like it's someone who's who well, really found an actress queen. to look like the Queen. <laughs> yeah. It's a stunt woman who looks like the Queen. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder if they they had to had any problems with that. Yeah. Well, th- this is just what he said to me because he was like, "Yeah, we were going to include, you know, Victoria and in that in the game, but mm. we, when we looked into it, nah, just like the hassle. Maybe she'd sold her rights to this game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exclusivity exactly. with these boys. Yeah. <laughs> they licensed it out. Um, and then, and obviously, the bigger part of London is is some of the amazing locations. Now, bizarrely, the two main characters from the game, because there is a boy and a girl this time, uh, Jacob and Evie, they come from Crawley, which I thought was a bit of an odd choice. Mm. Now, I had a look up uh, some of the things that Crawley is famous for. It's where the Cure were formed. Yeah, band. I okay. knew that. Did you? Yeah. There you go. Crawley fact. And There's a shopping centre there. It's a bit run down. Where about this? Well, apparently it was renovated recently. Ah, apparently. I've not been through it in years. Because whenever I go through Crawley, I think, oh, the Cure are from here. Right. <laughs> Where about this Crawley? Uh, it's kind of south of London by about, I don't know, 40 miles? Something yeah. like that. Oh, wow. It's near Gatwick. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. It's that far <laughs> out of the cattle. Oh, well, why would I? How okay. disgusting. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, maybe and also, Gareth Southgate went to school there. Gareth Southgate, yeah. uh, one of Crystal Palace's greatest ever captains. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Those are about the only two interesting facts I could find about Crawley. Until now. Um, 
so yeah, I thought it was a weird choice. Like there are plenty of other places yeah. on the outskirts of London that sound more interesting, like Gravesend. That sounds like a kind of cool place. Bexley Heath. Dorking. Watford. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm staying south because oh, okay. there might be a reason they're from the south. I don't know. Anyway, but the, obviously the main interesting point is obviously Big Ben has featured a lot in the artwork. Yes. To the point where um, the cover is him standing in front of um, Big Cogs, which makes me believe... Big what? Cogs. <laughs> <laughs> which makes me believe... <laughs> big Ben, Big Cogs. <laughs> which makes me believe that maybe that's where his hideout is. No wonder they call him Big Ben. ben. Yeah, I was gonna... Oh, my God. Um, and that's not the only thing as well, because I think two weeks ago the poster was revealed for London Has Fallen, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that poster was Big Ben... Focused. It was the, right. the, the, the yeah, the, like yeah, Big Ben exploding. Yeah, big is year. That, for, is that <laughs> something else going on? <laughs> big year for Big Ben. Yes. Uh, St Paul's, obviously iconic. <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting building to climb. Although that's mm. the other thing, you get your rope launchers. So you don't have to kind of scramble up the edge nowadays. Yeah. You can just fire your way up. That looks cool. And you can also um, the there's like uh, environmental kills as well, aren't there? Where yes. you can like drop knock heavy down. things on people. Yeah. Which yep. is always fun. Mm. Tower of London. You would have thought, although I'm not sure what year that was built in. Mm. I do know that Nelson's Column was bu- uh, built in 1843. So that be <laughs> ah, there. I thought that was after. No. But there's not really a lot around it, is there? So you're just going to go up. Yeah, but you know that that's going to be one of the kind of like eagle vision points. Oh, yes. And may- maybe for what about the BT Tower? BT that Tower. That was there. Yeah, the gherkin. Yeah, the gherkin. <laughs> the shard. <laughs> oh, yeah, the shard. Yeah. No, that was um, Lord of the Rings. Ah. Yeah, yeah. different, yeah. different. Uh, and then one of the screenshots shows St Pancras, obviously a hub of international travel. Was that built that long ago? Well, it's, it's in the screenshots, so I assume so. Wow. I would have thought so. That was the kind of main yeah. train yeah. line into London from the north. Mm. So I wonder if it's going to be exclusively London. The patron saint of stomachs. And then la- the last <laughs> point I had on here was, of course, Buckingham Palace, which... I'm pretty sure that that will feature, and I'm yeah. pretty sure that you'll have to kind of make your way in there. You might not end up murdering the Queen. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a pretty bold move, but yeah. Maybe you're protecting her from the Crusaders. I can't imagine that somebody Templars. who's... Templars. like You know, a, a, somebody on the street who's going around and freeing the poor is then going to save the Queen, who's probably... I think they get a bad rap. The royals. Yeah. That's because you're related to them. Well, yeah, but you know. Yeah. All right. But anyway, that's you know that's the reason why I'm excited for Assassin's Creed Syndicate when it comes out later this year. Yes, October the something. I don't know. Yes, it's October the something. Yeah. <laughs> but also, so Ubisoft this week had lots of news uh, coming out. Obviously, Assassin's Creed Syndicate announcement was one of them. But then they also announced that they're going to support virtual reality games and quite heavily and earlier than we thought. So I think last week it came out that Oculus Rift is coming out next year. Yeah. And we all see, to quote the Ubisoft dude's uh, words, uh, familiar um, Ubisoft franchises in VR. So mm. I'm kind of thinking, obviously, with all the stuff that happened with Assassin's Creed, all of the anima stuff, mm. that would make kind of the perfect sense. Yeah, it's like Minority like, Report-esque. But imagine if you were playing Assassin's Creed, like first-person perspective, scaling walls, jumping over buildings. That would be yeah. amazing. Although you'd probably vomit everywhere. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that was one that I thought was interesting. Far Cry, although I'm not sure how much virtual reality will bring to that. Although getting attacked by a bear would be quite scary. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, I suppose it's ones that you want because they said like existing franchises, right? The big one. I mean, Watch Dogs would be 
a good one. Yeah. Potentially. My only concern is is that it tends to turns out to be like many of the other kind of remakes have been is that it's a game that we've all seen and played a million times before but and it's no. just got a VO, VR like, mm. element to it. I would rather see something completely different like, I don't know, Child of Light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A VR experience that was completely different. Mm. That would be interesting. That would be cool. Like in terms of the depth you get there because the U- yeah the UBR engine actually is one mm. that uh, you know is beautiful and I think you could probably do some quite interesting things with layering that and yeah. the gameplay. Or maybe it's just going to be just dance. Maybe it, you know what? <laughs> yeah, maybe it probably will. <laughs> we joke, but <laughs> it probably is going to be just dance. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be like you know Britney Spears standing there in front of you, just cheering you on, being yes. like, "Come on, do the moves that I can't do anymore." How do you know? She can't do them anymore. Bless her. Anyway, listeners, uh, watchers, if you want to... Well, actually, no, let us know which Ubisoft games you would like to see in virtual reality. How do they get in touch, Luke? They email us at IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Very good. I want to play Candy Crush Saga in VR. Why? What, Wouldn't that what, be terrifying? I think giant blocks of candy for and, w- and words with friends in VR. Wow. Can I do that? It's good to see that the two games that you reference are still the same two games. That <laughs> you've been referencing for the past God's five sakes. years. <laughs> Lots of other games have come out since then. I keep getting um, emails about uh, film promotions where they're inviting me down to experience them in Oculus Rift at the mm. moment. Uh, I'm going to go to a couple just to see what people are talking about because mm. I don't know if they're trying to use it as a gimmick or whether they are creating original material while they're shooting the movie. They must be. Yeah. otherwise it wouldn't work. No, it wouldn't work, would it? Well, it's, what I found a bit uncomfortable was certainly the times that I've done, like, watch videos on Oculus Rift. You wear the Oculus Rift and then you wear headphones over it. And it just feels like you're wearing... Because obviously all the padding on the front of your head mm. it, like makes that really warm. And then you've got massive headphones over your ears as well. And you just feel like you're wearing a massive balaclava made yeah. of, and you're just like this is a very uncomfortable experience for me it sounds like the the uh the one they've got going on for um uh ex machina is mm. you can play the role of the the main character sitting down to interview ava yeah in 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 kind of her prison cell well, how does that work in terms of you saying something i don't know subtitles down the bottom <laughs> that you have to but also like like karaoke it can't react to what you're saying there must be no. a Predetermined. Well, maybe it's that. Maybe you get a selection of mm. like five different. You know what? Bioware. I'll go and do it and come back and go report and back. Yeah. Yes. I thought it was interesting that it was becoming more of a film thing as well at the moment. The like, virtual like, reality. They're trying to. For me, it works better for films though because surely if you're still holding a controller to move yourself around, you know that doesn't really. Yeah, but the only th- the only way I could think it would work for films is if I know there was a massive set piece mm. and you were in the middle of the set piece watching it all take place around you, but it's still a very kind of. You know, it's not an interactive experience. Well, we, we've talked about, even though I've not seen it, the Game of Thrones with the wall, like yeah. watching yeah. that. Like that's a really interesting yeah. idea. Yeah, when you're watching a battle. Have either of you had any big VR experiences, like the ones where you like you saw its kind of potential? Because yeah. you did the deep and stuff, yeah. didn't you? The, the, but again, it's well, it was interactive in that I could turn my head and then I had this kind of little flare gun, but it didn't do anything. But yeah, that was really really good. Mm. Um, but it, like I've said all along, like. When you're in the experience, you think, oh, this is cool. Then you see a video of yourself. And I didn't realise I was literally <laughs> you look staring like a- at a guy there. You just think, I'm never going to do this in, your in anywhere room. apart from well, maybe like Alton Towers. or You don't want to see a video of yourself, though. Let's, no. not, let's get rid of that. But, but also, I don't, so want, you- I don't want my wife to be looking at me going, what an idiot. <laughs> she, she does anyway when yeah, you're but, sitting there playing but, a game. But I can hear her at the minute. I wouldn't be able to hear her with this one. Yeah, you need a locked, a locked door. I played yeah. one at de- a racing game at Develop last year. Um, called Radial G, where you're like, it's kind of like Wipeout. You're stuck to 
this cylinder and you're going around and the idea being you go through green gates to speed up, red ones to slow down and if you start freaking out and you're going too fast, you go through the red ones and me being awful at racing games yeah. kept accidentally going through green ones when I was aiming for red ones yeah. and I felt really nauseous. Yeah, E-Valkyrie really was another one which is kind of it's like a flight sim but in space and so you're flying, you're piloting as you normally would <clears throat> um, but obviously you've got complete vision so if you see a, a spaceship flying towards you, you can follow it and track it and then pull your craft around. And so, in fact, I'd love to see like um, like Tie Fighter or X Wing, mm. like old mm. LucasArts games. Is it that would be amazing? Is it that embarrassing and humiliating that it's going to be something that men just do in privacy of a bathroom in the future? Why would you do it in a bathroom? Because <laughs> you can lock the door. That's where you play Candy. So they can't right? see you right. doing it. Have you got a telly in the bathroom? No. Console. No. While oh, it's wired, isn't mm. it? But in the, actually, that, you don't necessarily need a telly. Yeah, yeah. when it's wireless. That's the future. That is the future. We've sorted out VR. <laughs> yeah, you you've heard it here first. I'd probably do it uh, in a shed or in the loft. I've done something recently that's been reality, reality. Uh, <laughs> experiential, like oh, in the real world. you something in real world. In the real world. Why, why would you want to do that? Uh, but I don't know how much I, I'm supposed to say about it, thinking about it. It's a, it was a secret cinema party they put on on May the 4th. Oh, wow. But I've been away, so I couldn't talk about it last week. Um, and it was there. Everyone knows they're doing Empire Strikes Back this mm-hmm. summer. Uh-huh. Tickets on sale now. Um, and this was kind of a party. I wasn't really sure what it was in aid of. It was certainly for charity. But I don't know whether they were testing stuff out that was going to become part of the actual thing or... Because obviously Back to the Future had a few teething problems. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun. DJ Yoda played just the most amazing set I've ever seen. Right. Because it was basically my childhood for an hour remixed on screen. Okay. Like all the, it was all Star Wars, Flash Gordon, Butt Rogers... Um, just any sci-fi film that you like growing up all kind of mixed in Flight of the Navigator right? mixed in with like tunes and audio yeah, yeah. visual stuff mm. so that was really good but as ever with Secret Cinema some of the more like where your sort of audience participation stuff like it's not it's not my scene really <laughs> right. putting on my white boiler suit and being like a rebel <laughs> being part of the Rebel X kind of um, team and being uh, sort of shouted at and told to go places and yeah yeah, that's not my scene. Also, a white ball is it? It was what, what they did. What they did. I just tweeted it out. Actually, they, they, um, they. I think it was partly for publicity as, as well for the for the upcoming screenings. They kind of put us all into teams, put us all in white boiler suits, and then told us to go certain directions and stand certain places. And then a drone came over, and we spelled out Rebel X oh. underneath the drone. And so that's what was that's what that was made of. But it was about half an hour. I could have done without. Right. <laughs> so but, it was at Alexandra Palace? Yeah, it was at Ali yeah. Pali. And then you got inside and there wasn't a lot there. I mean, they've done events there before, so I don't know whether that's where Empire will be. Yeah. But it, it, they didn't have a lot of the experiential stuff you'd expect. They had a big kind of parade. like a, It was almost like something like Burning Man, though. It seemed very mm. um, Mad Max kind of like these big craft that they had. They didn't look like they were from Star Wars exactly, but they were dressed up kind of like Star Wars characters. Uh, right. Again, I don't know if they don't have the rights to certain things, so they've right. got to kind of improvise. Yeah. R2-D2 was there, though. Yeah. Yes. But it was... It, it was, was Anthony Daniels. <laughs> Surely he was. <laughs> yeah, he'll turn up for the opening of a box of crisps. <laughs> oh, that's below him, I think. Secret <laughs> a cinema. box of crisps. I know, I don't know what I did that. I meant to say pack it and it just got away from me. You eat, you eat different crisps from I do. Or yeah. maybe you buy multi-packs from uh, Costco. There you go. Let's go with that. It's less um, weird. And they had Nightmares on Wax DJing. I don't right. know who they are. No. I left by that point. Uh, but I really hope that the DJ Yoda set is part of 
the the thing itself right. that they've. I guess it would mean them hiring him every night, but I'd, I'd go and watch that again. Because I've got a, um, a DJ mix by uh, Tom Middleton, I think it is, that's Star Wars themed. Yeah, and that's really really good. It's basically an hour's worth of cool tunes, but all mixed in with different parts of Star Wars and uh, quotes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's really really that good. kind of thing really works, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, very exciting. Yeah. Um, are you going to go to the secret cinema itself? I think so. Are you going to buy pay for tickets? I haven't bought a ticket yet. No, because I know that obviously the first lot sold out. Yeah. If it wasn't 80 quid, I'd be there. But 160 quid for my si- sure. myself and I. And, uh, myself and I? Yeah, I'd buy myself two tickets. Myself yeah, and it's my ve- wife. It's very expensive, isn't it? But I, but I, I kind of... I'm confused. Like, But also, like going to a good gig now is like 80 quid. If you're going to see... Blur at Hyde Park, that's going to be 80 quid, isn't it? So I wouldn't do that either. I've done that too many times. Yeah, but we did before. do it, didn't we? We did do it, yes. We did it together. That's when I was younger and had more money. <sighs> Three years ago? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. All, all my money goes on other people these days. Yeah. Uh, and Lego. <laughs> that, funny you should say that there is a new Lego set coming out next month yeah. that is 80 pounds that I'm totally going to buy. So. <laughs> Priority. Are you going to go, Luke? Uh, I'd like to, but again, it is quite expensive. So I don't know. It depends what else I have going on. Probably not a lot. So you're not going. <laughs> <laughs> if it, like, wait, uh, so are tickets available now? Or are they yes. Just, okay. So well, they batch. certainly were last week. Yeah, I they, don't know they whether they've sold that. Sale. Okay. Yeah. Well, then yeah, I might have a look at that. At Eighty quid a pop. Yeah. Before drinks. Yeah. Wow. How so, what, are the, what are the bar prices like? This is a very important factor. I don't know. Chris doesn't run it. Well, that's the information that I need. Uh, other good news this week, uh, well, I think, is that uh, they've revealed that they're doing uh, bringing the Muppets back to our TV screens, but not as a movie, but as a TV show. Yeah, we're going to talk about a few TV shows today because uh, the networks in the States kind of announced their full lineups yeah. or, or showed footage from them for the first time. So a bunch of video, they're, on, they're all online now, but they're, kind, oh, they're, they're more than trailers, they're kind of previews. So yeah, they're, they're long. Yeah, they're yeah. long. But it's, so it's to give you a flavour of what's going to happen across the series rather than just in like yeah. one episode. Because they confirm that X-Files is definitely coming back. That's coming January, in January next year. So as I think it was six six episodes. Yes, and it starts with a two-parter, I, I believe. Mm. But yeah, the Muppets are back. I think it's a guy behind the Big Bang Theory. Mm. One of the guys behind that. Right. But it's totally different. Yeah, so it's pitched at an older audience, mm. or it certainly appears that way. Yeah. But I thought the trailer was very, very funny. Yeah, it's very funny. It's much more of a kind of behind-the-scenes look at their real lives. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, it shades of The Office and yeah. Parks and yeah, Rec, yeah, really, yeah. isn't it? It's that yeah. style of... Which I kind of... I'm a bit tired of at this point. But even... It's like it kind of even references that within... The, yeah, the it, it's, of, it's... It's, it's, it's self it's sat- satirising it a little bit, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But, um... Do we yeah. know how long it's going to run for? I don't no because that's the like I thought the trailer was funny style. but if it's like I don't know 20 episodes the joke could win <laughs> what was know. your favourite joke in the trailer oh gosh uh, well I, I quite like the Gonzo bit I quite like the fact that Miss Piggy couldn't remember he was called okay. Gonzo <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and, and the other reason why I quite like the fact that she called him Gary because when we were looking up uh, my baby's new name nobody last year if I remember rightly was registered as being called Gary. There wasn't a single Gary. Not a single Gary. <sighs> I might tweet Gary. that. I might message that to Lineker. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it the end of Gary's? Or uh, will we see a resurgence <laughs> now that, you know, Gonzo's called Gary? Do you remember when that was a put down you called someone a Gary? 
Who <laughs> was it? I know it was a Croydon thing. Right. <laughs> um, he was kind of like a geezer. Oh, he's such a Gary. I don't remember that name. Uh, sorry, apologies to all uh, Gary-named listeners out there. Um, I like the Fuzzy the Bear joke oh, when he gets good. annoyed about him pooping in the, in the woods. In the woods, yeah. 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 <laughs> that stereotype. Yeah. I thought that was very but that, funny. But that whole th- that whole scene is weird. It's like, it's my new boyfriend and it's Fuzzy. I was like, okay. Well, this is this is where, you know, I was saying to you this morning about this. I, I've... I've <laughs> I don't know if I've got a problem with it because I love the Muppets so much. I grew up on them and I just feel they're a children's thing. Yeah. And obviously the, the audience has grown with them and so people our age now, that's the kind of humour we like. But it's just like, it takes away some of the innocence of the Muppets. Like, I think it'd be quite disturbing if you're a kid who loves the Muppets and you saw that yeah. show and like <laughs> those jokes going way over your head. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. the movie's kind of, the Muppet Babies and the TV show were for kids. You could yeah. still laugh at them around, but the films were much more, you know, a bit I of used both. I love the Muppet Babies, yeah. Muppet Babies was brilliant, yeah. but that was definitely a kids' show. Yeah. Uh-huh. But the films, it's kind of, there's nods to the parents, there's jokes for the parents, yeah. but this is kind of fully aimed at adults. And I don't know if it's just, it just makes me a bit uncomfortable, makes me a bit sad. I suppose it's not gone as far as like Avenue Q or, or that, but, but you know, I suppose it's by using the same characters, that's yeah. where it's the problem because yeah. it's, you know, Avenue Q took the time of being like characters that look the same because it's Jim Henson and all yeah. this, but it's. But yeah. Or Meet the Feebles. Have you ever heard of or seen I Meet the Feebles? Heard of Meet the Feebles. Okay. Is this Google something that. Was, who's, who directed that? Peter Jackson. It was Peter Jackson. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. To, to think that the man Peter who made Jackson. Peter ja- uh, the man who made Meet the Feebles won a Best Picture Oscar is insane because it's <laughs> really, really sick. Like, sick, like a, a kind of a spoof of the Muppet Show, but like the sexual deviancy occurring. I'm but quite excited. But that's what he used to do before. What yeah. was, the, was it The Frighteners that was his kind of big Hollywood movie? Yeah, that was his first Hollywood film and it, it flopped. Right. It really? flopped big time and he went away and wasn't sure what to do and then he came back and yeah. he did uh, Heavenly Creatures and then yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, but the, you know, Avenue Q and, and Meet the Feebles, it's, 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 a, it's a Mickey take of the Muppets, yeah. but it's kind of with new characters, whereas this is, I don't know, you know, I, I think it's really funny and I can't wait to watch it, but equally, like, part of me is like, it's a bit of my childhood dying there. But you never know. It maybe maybe it's similar to like the other shows that it's yeah it's pitched as an adult show, but kids can enjoy it as well. We yeah. don't know. In which case, maybe take out the bestiality well, joke. Uh, it wasn't that. It wasn't so much a bestiality joke. But you know, imagine Scarlett saying, "Dad, what? Well, I don't know what I don't." If understand. she came home when she was eighteen and she was going out fuzzy bear, I'd be really happy. <laughs> <laughs> I love Fuzzy Bear, especially when he wears fart shoes. <laughs> oh, oh no, I didn't find that that funny. You didn't like the fart shoes? No. Oh. Don't like toilet humour. Um, I do. <laughs> yeah, so it would have seen. Uh, Luke, are you a fan of the Muppets? I am, because uh, I was just gonna uh, thinking, I kind of missed the movies when they first came out. Sure. I think I was possibly too young. Yeah. But I obviously then saw them growing up, hmm. and so enjoyed them then. But all the most recent stuff that's come out has seemed to be a bit flat. Well, the first movie was good. Yeah, it just, uh, may, I mean, but that's kind of why I guess they're doing this direction, you know, that it clearly trying to recapture the glory days of old doesn't quite work well, in they, quite the same way. I think they've reinvented themselves a lot mm. of times over the yeah. years. Um, and so, that yeah, this is just the latest iteration. But I mean, I'm excited. It is definitely because there's a lot on this list that I would have put in different places, which is probably going to be fun yeah but um but yeah no you I, are I, allowed your own opinion yeah well it's not well, necessarily always <laughs> well, right let's, let's just wait and see um but yeah no i think um i think the muppets they won't have trouble getting guest stars because that even yeah. the original tv show 
was was big on guest stars. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher was the famous one, and John Cleese oh, did a really funny one. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised was as well. Nero if... on it. Did De Niro ever do it? I'm I don't... sure I saw. Or maybe that was uh, Sesame, Sesame Street. Street. Yeah. He's done a Sesame yeah. Street one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, another TV show that had a, had a trailer debut, uh, which surprised me a little bit because I was fearing the worst, was Limitless, which is a film that was pretty good. Did you see Limitless? Uh, do you know what? I didn't even know it was a film. So, ah, okay. Um, right. So I, I went into the, the TV trailer like a, a little bit blind. Yeah. So I was like, I didn't really... So, so, yeah, so Limitless, it stars Bradley Cooper as a guy who's a, who's a bit of a loser in right. life and then he he gets given the De Niro's in it funny enough right. gets given this drug and he becomes like the smartest man on the planet right. but all does not go well and there's kind of a conspiracy behind it and it was a it was a massive hit it came out of nowhere it was a big hit and it was a it was a really good solid film wasn't it yeah i think um, i i remember it was actually a film that i watched with uh, my step my step brothers and my parents and like all of us came away thinking actually yeah good enjoyable yeah. you know yeah. it didn't set the world on fire but yeah but then a TV series, I just thought, well, that's... I just thought the idea sounded mm, awful, just mm. telling the same story, but on TV. But it turns out, you know, having seen the trailer, it's actually a sequel. Yeah. So Bradley Cooper plays the same character, who now um, is actually a senator who's running for president. And so he's giving the drug to this other guy. And there's obviously, again, some more of a conspiracy going on, mm. because if you watch the trailer, the other guy, this other guy takes the drug and becomes the cleverest guy and things go wrong. But obviously, uh, Cooper's kind of manipulating him, his character, and he's got kind of bigger plans for him. Mm. And I thought that's really interesting, actually, to do effectively a sequel to a movie, but on, on the telly. Yeah. yeah. Us so soon after, like not like you, 10 years after, which is what seems to happen a lot at the moment. Exactly. And it, lo- it looked intriguing to me. I thought it looked okay. Um, but again, without the reference to the TV yeah. show as a kind of basis... I didn't really know, know what to expect. Yeah. <clears throat> I think because when Lucy came out, that Scarlett Johansson film, yeah. there was originally there was a lot of uh, concern about, I think, you know, crossover and maybe it being too similar and like yeah. unlocking the full potential of your brain and all of this. And I don't know. I think I've still got a little bit of that bias in my head because it didn't look that exciting to me. I also think it's a bit, it's almost a bit superhero-esque. Yeah. Which, and because we have so many superhero shows... Yeah, but, like, but the thing, it wasn't, you didn't really have necessarily have superpowers. You were just very smart and you could calculate things. But, they, but, like they, but the way they manifest themselves is for all uh, intents and purposes. Well, I'm just trying to think, like the bit where he predicts when the train is going to stop and, you know, calculating stuff off of stuff that he's remembered, I thought was, I thought was interesting. Mm. Um, like more so than some of the other superhero shows that we're going to talk about momentarily. Yeah, well, yeah. We could talk about it now if you want. Should we talk about the stuff that we didn't think was quite so good? Let's leave the first point until last. Yeah. Okay. So at the opposite end of the scale, and I'm, you may well disagree with me here, <laughs> I really didn't like the Supergirl trailer. And I say trailer, it was six minutes. So <laughs> What, the Supergirl pilot episode? Huge. <laughs> like... um, and I like the idea of it, and I can see where it's being pitched, and it's obviously not being pitched at a middle-aged man like <laughs> myself. Well, in some, some respects it yeah. is. Well, I'm not a pervy old middle-aged man that's going to watch it for that. All right, okay. Um, but I just, I don't know, it's following um, Supergirl and her discovery of her... Well, no, she even knows she's got Supergirl. She's, she's known all the time, but she's just been wanting a normal life. What, getting lattes for... Who plays the, the her boss so, in it? Callista Flockhart, Is Alice Beale. I thought it was, but Who she looked Harrison like she's had, wife. She looks like she's had a lot of surgery. Yeah, well, I certainly, yeah, I certainly wouldn't go on the record on a podcast saying that, but fair enough. 
I just said it looks like. I didn't say she has. <laughs> Maybe she's like Mark Hamill. Maybe she had a bad crash. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, so I'm not convinced. Luke, are you yeah, going to oppose my opinion oh, on this? God. So, every, so everyone's basically describing it as the devil wears Prada meets mm. whatever, super like Smallville or what have you. I didn't hate it that much. I hated it at the start, don't get me wrong, but I really like her. She was in Glee, Melissa Benwist or however you pronounce it. Right. She was in Glee and she's very talented, she's very good and she's very in, she's very endearing mm. as an actress. And so I really think she could she could be the kind of secret weapon that pulls you in. Having said that, I don't there's so much cheese in that trailer. Yeah, but we have so much dark, gritty. Yeah, this is such but that's what life. I like. Yeah, but, but w- like I said, it's not it's not aimed at me. But th- so this, I, this I, is I'm the thing. Totally... I mean, it's on CBS, you know, as well. I just think it's possibly quite nice to have something different. And mm. <laughs> I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't imagine mm. it'll be that long. You know, they've got Jeremy Jordan in it as well. Um, Who's Jeremy Jordan? Jeremy Jordan is. Um, so he plays the kind of guy who's given him her all the capes and stuff and like changing right. the outfit. He's best known for he's a Broadway star. He's a um, uh, he's a singer mainly. He's a musical okay. theatre actor. Um, and so yes, he he's got this role. He was in the adaptation of the last five years with Anna Kendrick recently. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't hate it as much as I kind of thought I did towards the okay. end. See, I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it. I hate it very strong. What did you think of James Olsen? Yes. So Jimmy Olsen, skinny white Jimmy Olsen, yeah. is now buff black James Olsen. Uh, Played by the guy well, from Desperate Housewives. Well, I, it got to the point where I thought, is that a relation to Jimmy Olsen? Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was a bit weird until the end when, like, he's obviously saying that, you know, Superman's given you this. I thought that was a bit rubbish. This, mm. this is the cape that your brother, sorry, cousin had. Um, his baby shawl turned into a cape. <laughs> It's, <laughs> magic it's, probably, it's probably good though that they've got to that bit sooner than Smallville did, because mm. much as I love Smallville, it just took too long to get yeah, 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 to yeah. go anywhere with with his yeah. powers. Yeah. Yeah. See, it, it looks like you know in the first episode you're having that playing some of the pr- set pieces in that um, in that trailer look pretty good, and they look like they're becoming quite fast and furious. Uh, but so right, what I like about Superman or parts of Superman is that, and, and I notice similarities like uh-huh. her mundane life as an ordinary. Whatever she does, like yeah. PA, Coffee which I thought woman. itself was a bit. Oh, come on, it's got to be something better than a PA. Mm. Uh, She's gonna work her way up, like the devil wears Prada. <laughs> exactly. Right. But I, you know, she's a little bit, a little bit kind of kooky, a little bit kind of goofy, and then you know the the bit where she's learning to fly, albeit very quickly, she stumbles and then she flies. Hopefully, there's going to be a bit more of that of her coming to terms with her powers and the responsibilities and all that kind of stuff. But that did not come across in the trailer. But yeah, I mean, I, I, part of me thinks from that trailer, we've seen the first season, like, you know, it's gone from mm. the beginning of her being like, oh, I'm just a normal girl, to suddenly she's working with a secret organisation, revealing her identity to absolutely everyone, and then being taken, not being trusted by this organisation, and then being taken on by it's, them. It's the Department of Extra Normal. There you go. <laughs> Operations. But I could easily see that all of that happening in a pilot episode. Yeah. No. I can. And then it, the rest of it will be, you know... More of her just being super. Good. I felt like there, there was there was kind of an element of with with the the baby shawl. There was an element of yeah, Superman can't be asked to come and see you, <laughs> yeah. even though you've come all this way to this planet and he helped you when you're a baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he can't be bothered. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm giving this to you, even though it would only take a few seconds to fly here from <laughs> Metropolis. Yeah, 
So um, he, he FedExed this, uh, this over to you. And, and there's a couple of glimpses of him in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, but I wonder if that will become annoying if, you know, they want to keep it separate and so you won't ever see Superman, but they'll keep alluding to him. Mm. That's That kind of thing really annoys well, me. Because well, that happens in S.H.I.E.L.D. a lot. Yeah. Of Legends of yeah, Shield. exactly. They talk about stuff. Can't... He's just around the corner. Yeah. Nick, Nick Fury's just, just there. <laughs> well, because D- Dean Cain's been cast in an unnamed role. Oh. Uh, well, he he pops up very briefly oh, did he? in the trailer. I hoped he might be. Um... Uh, I think even our Rewind Theatre didn't spot it, but right. uh, playing, uh, as you would expect in all these shows, to do the same thing, uh, her Earth dad who brings her up. Oh. And Helen Slater plays her Earth mum, it looks like. Oh. The original Supergirl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you think this, did you see that, the original Supergirl movie? I don't think I've seen it all, but I've seen <laughs> bits of it a long time ago. Have you seen it, Luke? No, didn't even know there was one. Ah, Faye Dunaway. Uh, Peter Cook's in it, I think. I know who Peter Cook is. Peter O'Toole, maybe. It's terrible. Uh, this looks yeah. better than that. Yeah, well, I think that's probably why I've never heard of it. And Jimmy great. Olsen's in that, actually. Jimmy Olsen's the connecting tissue in that as well. Okay. What, the same person that was in the Superman movies? Yes, exactly. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've forgotten his name. but yeah. um, I mean, I, I, I will possibly watch that. Because it looks like one of these that... just You don't need to follow to hard like i kind of feel so you like just to unplug your I, brain i do i do feel like just, look i'm spending a lot of energy at the moment keeping up with stuff like game of thrones and heavy duty stuff like that it must be hard watching 45 minutes of television every week hey it's closer to 50 but um it's just you know for me it looks fine and i think girls really need like an empowering role model on the telly too many of these shows yep. revolve around a boy yep. um that said i am with alex and will not be watching well, I because there's so many t- there's so many superior TV <laughs> shows now, I'm having a real problem keeping up, see, and I haven't is, kept up at all. See, I'm not. I never got into Flash or Arrow or any of that. Um, I haven't even made it around to Daredevil yet. Not sure I should be cutting my teeth on Supergirl, but I'll try and watch something else. But, before see, I then. agree that like girls do need a, a, a more empowering character. I'm just not sure that the way they've treated it no, is agreed. the right way to do agreed. it. Agreed. It's slightly worrying, isn't yeah. it? That, it's that, a stereotypical. You know, yeah. and she's worried about her dating, her love life, and... Yeah. and she's a PA, and she's wearing yeah, these short skirts and everything. Yeah. It's like, you know, wear what you want, but like... But similarly, like, uh, I'm almost up to speed with Arrow season three, and some of the things they've done with the female characters in that is just really crap. Mm-hmm. And I won't say anything to you yeah. know, for spoilers, yeah. but it's you know disappointing. Yeah, yeah. But well, we won't judge it on the first six minutes. No. And Luke will definitely be reporting back on. I that will one. be reporting back on Supergirl. Speaking of reporting, there was one other TV show announced based on the Spielberg movie Minority Report. Yeah, this was a weird one. I guess I, I put this on the list because I th- you kind of think, well, that's a really good premise. Mm. I believe it's based on Philip K. Dick. Yeah. Uh, oh, they could do something really interesting with that. And then sat down to watch the trailer and just thought, oh, I just, it didn't interest me for a single no. second. I just thought it was going through the motions a bit. It was kind of a, you know, vaguely, I guess they were rewriting the story, but it yeah. wasn't a sequel. It was a remake. Yeah. But it felt like Shades of the Dead Zone. I don't know if you ever saw that movie and, and it, TV right. series and just a lack of. I think, I think, the yeah, the biggest problem with it is it's completely forgettable. Yeah. Um, very whereas, forgettable CGI kind of mm, backgrounds for the future and it just looked bland yeah. I know what you mean though like the, out of all of them that's the premise that I'm really like because I really like that film well yeah. I really liked you it know? in the movie yeah, yeah, yeah. Really I don't cool really movie. like it as a well from what I've seen yeah. the TV show also the, uh, for me this is just such a petty little thing 
but as you say, it looked like dodgy CGI backgrounds and stuff for the um, for the future. But also something that's really distinctive about the the movie is the color palette. You know mm. how you know it's all these blues and all mm. this, and they've just gone really like bright neon. Mm. And you know maybe maybe that's a deliberate. Yeah, choice, I guess they've but... got to separate themselves a bit. But yeah, yeah mm. I know what you mean. I was just surprised that going, you know, going to these trailers, that Limitless was the one I liked more than yeah. Minority Report. I thought, well, I'll give that one a go. This yeah. one, I don't even know if I'd bother watching a pilot. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to watch The Muppets. Which one are you going to watch? The Muppets. You Over Limitless? Yeah, I'll watch them both. If I, Am I allowed to watch them both? No. Nope. <laughs> if it's a choice between one of the two, I'll choose The Muppets. Okay. I would like to do Muppets and Supergirl. Don't make me choose. Well, I just did, so... <laughs> Fine, okay, I'll do, I'll do Supergirl, and then I'll report back Good. to you and make you know all about her dating life Good. and everything but, like that. But, we, but I want you to promise that you're not going to watch The Muppets while we can watch it and have fun. And <laughs> we'll talk about it every week. That's the way it goes. But, but Fine. Equal, and, and I will just add to this that um, I only kind of picked the TV shows that were based on existing material yeah. that kind of we all know, because there's, there's, there's a wealth of new shows Those coming stuff. on. And oftentimes, the good ones are the ones you don't know anything about. Yeah, you no. know, the, the True Detective or just something that comes out of nowhere and, and really surprises everyone. So yeah. I'm sure we'll have an update f- this, by this time next week from Eric about what is good out of the actual pilots he's seen. Yeah, I've yeah. enjoyed Jane the Virgin personally this season. <laughs> is that somebody you know? No. <laughs> okay. ah, that was advertised on the plane. Yeah, um, Channel 4 has just started showing it. Really good. It's like Ugly mm. Betty, but really good. Like yeah. Everyone can act. It's really good. And um, she won a Golden Globe for it. Or something. Maybe not a Golden Globe. Maybe an Emmy. Something. And that one with Dominic West and Ruth Wilson started last night, although yes. I didn't watch it. What's it called? It's called The Affair? Something like that. Or something that won all the awards, mm. the drama awards. That's yeah. one of those ones that comes out of nowhere. I'd never heard of it till it won Best Drama, like beating True Detective. And it's mm. like, oh, wow. What's yeah, that? You should probably watch it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, ter- actually, following on with other slightly sad news, The Division has been delayed. Shock horror. Until next year, which is no surprise, really, because... God, how long ago was it that debuted at E3? Oh, like 20... Was it 20... Not last year, but the year before. 2013? So 2013, so it'll be two years, three years ago. Three years by the time it comes out, probably. But we still haven't really seen anything of it. We haven't... No. We've seen that Fox Engine trailer. We've seen bits and pieces. It's none of Fox us... Fox Engine. Uh, not Fox Engine, sorry. That um, snow, Snowdrop Engine. Yes. Uh, but none of us have seen... <laughs> Which looks impressive. Um, yeah, it looks beautiful. But again, we haven't got our hands on it. No. And it's just a bit like, did you have to show it this early? Yeah, but that's what Ubisoft has a tendency of doing. Same with Watch Dogs. Yeah, but then the end result is... I I like the fact that they feel like they've got to finish off their um, E3 presentation with a a one more thing moment, because obviously it works very well for Apple. Um, So I like that. The difference with Apple... It just hasn't worked quite so well in this respect. Yeah, I mean... We'll see Siege. That'll, That'll come out this year. That's true. And I, I must admit, I'm more excited for Siege than I am The Division at the moment. I think but we will see. Uh, the more I find out about The Division, the more it's the sheen's taken off it because it sounds very much like Destiny. And it, I think what they actually had was they probably had a structure that was very similar to Destiny's. Mm. And then Destiny's came out. Destiny came out, massive backlash, and they were a bit like, oh Christ, maybe we better just you tweak say a few massive things. backlash. There's still a heck of a oh, lot. Oh yeah, of people like what, 20 Destiny. million, huge yeah. numbers of people playing, but. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think that maybe that just caused them to think a couple, uh, twice about a couple of things. Yeah. And the last piece of, I think, slightly negative news this week 
is that Ubisoft is really pushing pre-orders to the limit. So I have the details here. So in fairness, you cast this as bad news. I cast it as good because okay. wasn't it... Um, didn't Watch Dogs have eight special editions? I'm sure more will come out. We'll yeah, see. Eight, so Watch Dogs So what are we eight. talking about first So off? at the moment, this is Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Yeah. Um, and on the day of announcement, Ubisoft merrily came out and... Um, I don't know what... Ubisoft merrily came out and said there are four special they editions. They came out. merrily came out. <laughs> and so um, there's bog standard. So let me just... So on the day of announcement, not even like, you know, coming up to <coughs> three months away from release, oh, pre-order this and get this half of this tat. Anyway, go on. Pretty much. So, okay, so the normal version um, contains everything you'd assume. But if you pre-order any of these versions, you also get the Darwin's and Dickens conspiracy mission which um, sees you defending them in a yeah. thing. Obviously, like, famous historical figures have f- factored into kind of Assassin's Creed games in the past, and so now uh-huh. we've got Darwin, Darwin and, Dickens. and Dickens. There's also the Gold Edition, which includes the Season Pass, so look forward to much, much more DLC in the future. But they haven't really spoken about what is in the Season Pass. They right? haven't said what's in it, but okay. you know they're obviously working on it. No, of course. So um, now there's so then there's the um, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, the Rooks edition, and so that has a second extra mission called Runaway Train, an art book, a soundtrack, a double-sided London map, and an exclusive collector's box. Um, it also doesn't come with the season pass that one, which I think is outrageous. Yeah, so that's a special edition that does not come with it. Then there's also the Charing Cross edition, which includes the Runaway Train mission, art book, soundtrack, and map, plus its own exclusive box and a 26-centimetre figurine of Jacob. And it doesn't have the season pass either. Then there's also the Assassin's Creed Syndicate Big Ben edition. Isn't that the fifth one? It is, but we're, kind of count- we're counting the... Uh, the regular one is the, just... The, the gold and the regular one is the same. Well, um, I'm, I'm not. I'm saying there's five Okay, versions. so Okay, yeah. then five. So finally, there's the um, Big Ben edition, which has the Runaway Train mission, the art book, the soundtrack, map, another special box, an even more extravagant version of Jacob. Standing, against... standing in front of what looks like Big Ben. Yeah. The Big Cox. The Big Cox. Cox. <laughs> the Big Cox. <laughs> um, and it also has um, a Future Pack case, premium hip flask with Assassin's Creed branding, and an exclusive numbered lithographed. Um, it also ha- that also comes with the season pass, though. But that costs £115. So you would, it really should come with the season pass for that. For that much, much you bloody hope so. So uh, I think it wasn't last week, maybe it was the week before, there were a, a kind of report came out talking about how pre-order numbers for games have dropped massively. Yeah. And I find it completely understandable because what you're asking people to do is part with a shit ton of cash... For stuff that I would argue a lot of that should be included with the main game. Well, at this stage as well, I think a lot of it is people just making their voices heard. Like, you look at um, The Witcher, for example. Admittedly, a game that there's been a lot of hype and excitement for for Mm. a long time. There are absolutely zero pre-order bonuses whatsoever. And it has over a million pre-orders before launch. Because people are just happy to put it down. They know what they're getting. And also, so often, you see conflicting pre-order bonuses where pre-order a game, you get this. Pre-order at HMV, you get this. And, you know, or pre-order Amazon. And suddenly, it just becomes, if you pre-order anywhere, you're automatically losing out. Mm. You know? It's not really putting the customer first. No, 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 no. And and the thing that I don't really understand (laughs) is, like, who on earth, on the day that a game is announced, would go, that's it, I'm going to go and pre-order that right now. I can't imagine anybody would. No. 
Maybe I'm wrong. And and if you do, if you have pre-ordered Assassin's Creed Syndicate, let us know. Uh, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Because I know uh, Kilby, Kilby did it for Mortal Kombat X when they announced. But again, Mortal Kombat X didn't announce it on the same day. Yeah. You know, we had about a year and a half of build-up for the game, and then they announced the collector's editions. And he was like, yes, I want the, the course edition. Yeah. He got the, the lovely statue, which again makes sense. But it's, he got that from the US. Yeah, he imported it yeah. because it's a, it's a lovely, unique thing. And he thought, yeah, yeah. go for it. But, you know, I think expecting people to shell out that much or, you know, put their money down. Because you don't have to put a lot down. Is it a five of you put down for a pre-order? It, it varies from it, place to place. Sometimes yeah. it's just like, you know, it is a five. Sometimes I think you just have to even register interest. Like. So, and then later they call yeah. in the cash. Right. Okay. Anyway, I'm not convinced. No, me neither. I just want to see a good game that offers value for money. <laughs> Let's move on to let's in fact let's put our readers first, shall we? And let's go on to feedback. Let's feedback. do it. Feedback. So um, this leads on to what we were talking about last week. So last week we had the Nintendo news about them teaming up with Universal mm-hmm. for some theme parks. So we asked our readers, you know, what theme parks would you like to see? And so Carl Clarabut has written in to say he would like to see John Carpenter World. Um, he thinks it would be great. You have many films and genres to choose from, from Halloween, The Thing, The Fog, Escape from New York, Big Trouble in Little China, and They Live. And he was like, you know, why not? Could could you have each section being a decade and the last two decades just being terrible? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's no, the ju- thing you remember on the way out. <laughs> just, yeah, just smell of... Oh. Uh, no, The Thing would be the thing you remember on the way out. Why? Because it's The Thing. Uh. Uh, that's a great idea. I love John Carpenter. There you go. But would you go to John Carpenter's world? Yeah, it's totally. A, it sounds like a shop where you buy nice wooden furniture. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to John Carpenter's world. I would totally this go, This yeah. bank holiday weekend, we've got a special on oak tables, <laughs> etc. cetera. Uh, on a similar note, I've got an email from Colin Fairs who says... During yeah, sorry, could you find the, the name? Because I don't think the name was highlighted. Was like, <sighs> it's supposed to be but, when but you luckily, do feedback. Who did the feedback this week? I can think quickly. Luke Carmarley. Uh You talked about what attractions you like to see made. This reminded me of when I was back in school and for an English lesson, we were put into groups and told to design our own theme park and present it to the class. Good lesson. I know, that, is, that would be one of my favourites. Uh, also, for an English lesson... Makes no sense. That makes no sense. The uh, teacher is having a laugh. You get English speaking now. So it would be to do with probably presentations. I'm not sure. I'm so, what? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, his group designed a PlayStation theme park. There was a Spyro roller coaster, Gran Turismo bumper cars, nice. a Tomb Raider log flume. Would you, would you want to ride Lara Croft's log? <laughs> uh, and in the centre of the theme park, there was a live action Metal Gear Solid stunt show. I'd be up for that. That sounds very good. He's from Aldershot. That's more interesting than Crawley. It is more interesting. Here's a question. In 280-odd podcasts, how many times have we done this question about a theme park based on a game? Yeah, but there's a reason a, to do it now. Film? But we do, we've done it so many no, times. No, but it doesn't matter. But there was a, but there was a news You missed hook. the news. We're going to roll it out a, as many times as we possibly can. There was can. a news hook, and last week was really hard. Okay, fine. Uh, I have an email from Nathan Riches, even though it's not been highlighted. I found the name. Um, Nathan says, with E3 coming up, there is no doubt that Sony or Microsoft will announce an exclusive or two. Mm. With the latest rumour of GTA v DLC uh, being a timed exclusive for Xbox platforms, are companies like Microsoft or Sony buying exclusive deals in favour of creating first-party content? Oof. Well, the thing you've got to bear in mind, anything with GTA on it sells a bucket load. Mm-hmm. So better if you're one of those companies to invest in something that you know is going to do well than to kind of hinge your bets on something that perhaps won't. 
I think the only thing is, though, right? I think rocks are completely partisan, though, aren't they? They're just kind of like. Well, uh, no, because. Uh, well, actually, I can't remember. The, the GTA 4 stuff was announced in the Microsoft press conference, but I can't remember if it was available first mm, on that or not. But anyway, I, I just, if I was Microsoft, I'm not sure it would sell consoles, and that would be the reason to do it. Because you're looking at people who have presumably already gone uh, and got it on that platform and are playing it already, or maybe have had it and sold it. Would they rebuy it? On I don't know, but they've probably got an Xbox. I don't think it would sell consoles. So if that is the case, I'm mm. not sure it would be the smartest move. Yep. Because it wouldn't benefit them if they sold more um, DLC for GTA, because all that money goes to Rockstar. Yeah, so. I, I think we are seeing more. I think we are seeing more exclusive deals at the moment with third parties, though, just because everything's getting delayed. Yeah, but should they focus more on creating first-party games? Yes, absolutely. I think so. I I can't. There's like Sony have got. What first-party games have they got coming out before the end of the year? I don't know, but they've already launched a few this year, haven't they? No, I know, but Q4 is the busiest time. Uncharted slipped, didn't it? Exactly. And you wouldn't expect that from Nathan Drake, because he's normally quite, you know, sure-footed. Good on his his feet. Yes. Moving on. Come on, you've missed this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kyle Barrett, who we've never heard from before, says, uh, when I first started listening to the podcast back in the Tom, Kezer and Stu era, God rest their souls, every week somebody would... Alex and Chris. I was going to say, we may have been around before then. Um, (laughs) Somebody would send in a question about Nintendo almost every week, and more specifically about their failings and with the Wii U. Nintendo barely comes up anymore, so I thought we'd ask you about the state of Nintendo. Now we're well into the eighth generation of consoles. Um... What's the state of the Wii U? Well, mine's got a lot of dust on it. Well, I still don't have one. I keep waiting for a reason to buy one. And I borrowed the office's one. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's where it's gone. Um, I've got a code, for, a code for Splatoon, which I might try out at some point. I just don't really see why I need one at this stage. They're already talking about... The, next year, they're talking about the NX. Yep. Um, yeah, but that won't come out next year. No, but... I kind of feel I like the thought. No, but I kind of feel like you know you had. Your I'm fun. more excited by Nintendo games coming to mobile. I'm not. Oh God, you hate games. Just, no, just this. Just like I'm playing Hearthstone on my phone, mm. and that's fine. But on a screen that small, it's like it's a better phone. It's a, what? It's an Ancient iPhone. Tech. It's an iPhone. It's not an iPhone six, is it? It's an iPhone five. Not interested. Jesus. Um, I think. Um, when Zelda comes out, I'll be more interested. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Splatoon is interesting. Mm, doesn't do it for me. Don't play it then. <laughs> um, also, Nintendo this week showed off a video for their plans for E3. I don't know if you saw it. You definitely saw it. And it's basically Reggie, who obviously heads up Nintendo of America, just humiliating himself even further. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this done as this kind of like in joke. And I know a lot of people love the fact that that's Nintendo's approach, but I'm just like, you're the boss of one of the biggest companies mm. or a very big company uh, across the globe. I'm not sh- sure you should be doing that, but maybe that's just me. Having said that, Nintendo's uh, profits were out um, this like recently, and mm. they're doing really well. Profits are up again. So yeah, they're, they're doing... That again, must be Amiibo, fine. surely. Yeah, I'm imagining Amiibos are making them a lot of money. Over Amiibos. But it would be good if they could find an... I don't know, is there good implementation thus far? Well, you haven't got a Wii U, so you don't know. No, but that's why I'm asking you. I don't know. I haven't got any Amiibos. I've only got a Wii U. <laughs> good. So between us, we're doing well. That, but it's, you know, 
it's like I say, I think there are half a dozen reasons and they're really good reasons to buy a Wii U. Yeah. But I've already got a PS4 that I use a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I did with my Xbox One? What? I put it in a cupboard. <gasps> really? Mm. Oof. Just because I bought a new like kind of sound system thingy and I thought I haven't got room for that so I took the Xbox One out because I hadn't played it for ages. Got to make a decision, haven't you? And I'm sure I will play it again at some point, but yeah. Yeah, no, I'm still uh, I'm still very happy at the moment. The only one I have at home is the PS4 and I yeah. have no regrets. Like, if I wasn't playing so much on PS4, it would have been the other way around. It's not because I love the PlayStation yeah. on the Xbox One. It just happens to be that's the console that I'm using. I'm loving it. Well, I'm just playing Final Fantasy XIV on it quite a lot. Yeah. Which is... um. Available on that, so they have. Uh, I've got a piece of feedback from Jeremy Armstrong, also known as the Man Mountain. That's what he calls himself. Very modest. I had a question which came to mind on the back of all the interviews you've done, and it boils down to spoilers. Uh, For the last few weeks leading up to Avengers, I actively avoided comment sections on sites like IGN just in case someone mentions anything or something gets leaked. I have that problem with Game of Thrones and social media all the time. Mm. Uh, when you're interviewing actors, directors, writers, or anyone else who's involved in a project you love, do you worry about spoiling things for yourself that maybe a question you might lead them might ask might lead them to reveal something you didn't know? Well, unfortunately, my job's increasingly been uh, become examining spoilers and trying to figure out spoilers before yeah. we've seen the film. Mm. And it's just the nature of the business now. There's a thirst for this knowledge before a film comes out. People want to know everything they can about the film. Yeah. Whereas I grew up not wanting to know anything. Yeah. Mm. And that's why we do rewind theatres, because they're hugely popular. People Pouring want to try and yeah, figure out. But, and, and, you know, the studios respond by putting little clues in the trailers and, and you know, playing the game along with us. But... Um, yeah, so I've just had to get over the fact that I'm going to have to go in and ask questions. I mean, normally when we do the interview, we've seen the film, I was so, say, so it's not it's not case. spoiling it for ourselves. But equally, we'll, we we try and be quite careful on the site with interviews that we won't put anything with spoilers in until post release, and then we'll properly label it with spoilers. So some of the best interviews you do is like you know if if the a director's up for talking going into spoilers about the last third of a movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great stuff because that's what you want to talk about when you've seen the film. Yeah. But we try to be careful where we put that and sometimes the directors they just won't talk about anything spoilery even if you tell them guarantee you won't post it until post release but yeah it's tricky it's just the nature of 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 what the online communities become now yeah yeah Mm. but as you say like the kind of appetite for that kind of stuff is insatiable so it's a bit different with games I think because obviously we haven't played games to completion when we do those interviews no and most people don't tend to reveal stuff. The the exception to that rule, and I think I've spoken about before, is Kojima told me something about Phantom Pain, uh, which still hasn't come out. And obviously I'm not allowed to talk about it. Mm. Uh-huh. And it's not a massive spoiler, but I was just like, that sounds cool. Mm. And in fact, I wonder if it's actually in the final game, because that was, gosh, that was when Ground Zeroes came out. So it would be a year and a half before the final game comes out. So it, maybe it never made it. Maybe in. they've we'll removed every idea he had from the yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. At this stage. <laughs> um... But yeah, so like, so like with Whedon, we, we did, I was very careful that the only, we, we, we posted a few news videos, but the only Avengers one I posted pre-release was one about the Hulk. And he was just kind of talking about the two styles of Hulk in film and then talking about Planet Hulk. So it didn't, it made sure it didn't spoil anything as such. Yeah. But um, I've got an email along the same lines, actually, okay. from Scott Seedman, who says, um, Talking about Brad Bird's upcoming film Tomorrowland, he wanted to throw his opinions into the mix. I've purposely avoided the trailers for the film as I feel trailers have been ruining movies in recent years and decided I know nothing about this movie, um, chosen to watch the trailers, uh, chosen not to watch the trailers, yet I'm still really excited for the movie. 
And he suggests an alternative, uh, perhaps a rule that stops trailer companies putting any footage from the last third of the movie into trailers, leaving the audience with something they haven't already seen and wondered if you thought it was a good idea. The only problem with that is that often that's where the money shot is. And that's the thing that will get people, that will make people change their opinions from like, ah, uh, I might go and see it to, yeah, yeah I'm definitely going to go and yeah. see that. So, Well, knowing a few directors and having spoken to them about this exact point, uh, this is the constant battle that's occurring within a film studio. Right. Is the director not wanting to show much of his film and keeping as much of it secret as possible and the marketing people wanting to show every good bit of the film? Because yeah. they don't care. The marketing team do not care about people's enjoyment of a movie. No, just just make it, yeah, yeah. Just make, you know, that's, yeah. a, that's a grand kind of yep. oversimplification, but they just want people in the cinema. And so that's a constant thing. And so many directors will get frustrated. You can't believe you're showing this. I can't believe you're showing that. Um, Lee Winnell, who we'll be talking to soon about Insidious 3, like they showed some of the big scares from the movie. Mm. And he was so frustrated about that. But the, the marketing people said people won't remember it. Like people... I get excited this and then when they see the film they won't remember that moment right. six months later nine months later which can be true but equally when it's a big money shot from a blockbuster yeah, yeah, yeah. movie you're yeah. like ah you know wouldn't it have been great to not have seen any of the Hulkbuster versus Hulk yeah. battle before you saw Age of Ultron and that just be a complete surprise I mean there's, there's always also some things when you see um, a trailer and there's a scene that then gets cut from the final movie yeah. which is a bit like where was that bit? Or worse still, they'll actually shoot something for the trailer, yeah. quite cynically, but yeah. they know it's not going to go in the movie. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I do wonder about the Rodriguez-produced uh, Predators movie, where there was a scene of a, a bunch of Predators in the trailer, a very quick one, and there's only one Predator in the movie, and yeah. you're like, you know, was that cut, or did you just cynically shoot that to tell, yeah. you know, mm. to th- you know, we've put an S on the end of Predators. See, I've never so. seen, well, I was going to say, the film's called Predators, but there's only one. Mm. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, it does if you see the film because okay. the, the, the predator isn't the only predator in the movie as oh, such. Okay. like the human beings right. are kind yeah. of predators okay. gotcha, themselves gotcha, in gotcha, it gotcha. Yep. Um, but no I agree I mean trailers drive me mad and, and Tomorrowland was the, the reason I was the, it, it was the film I was most excited about this summer uh, was Beyond Avengers, Avengers was because it was secrecy around it mm. you know Lindelhoff and Brad Bird were trying to keep a lid and, and, and but I think as they've got near release I get a sense that Disney have started to panic and are throwing everything in the trailers but, but, but it's true that's because the awareness of the film is it was yeah, really low I think low. we talked about that last yeah. week yeah, yeah and so I'm still really excited to see it but I feel like there's a lot in the trailers that are out there now yeah. that, that I don't know how many surprises will be left yeah. mm. I do think you know trailers are getting longer and longer and it's too much less this yeah. Although one of the best trailers I ever saw is uh, it was it's been done a couple of times, but I think one of them was Nightwatch. Mm. Um, they showed the whole movie in the trailer in two minutes, right? Just at super speed, and then but at such a speed you couldn't really tell what was going on, and then they'd slow it down yeah. for for kind of money shots or yeah, cool yeah, moments. Yeah. But yeah, even like the end credits came up, and you're like, That's crikey, cool. I've seen the whole film, yeah. and yet right. I didn't feel like anything was spoiled. I wonder if you could have actually gone through and watched it and slowed it down. <laughs> that would be a hell of a re- rewind theatre. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Talking about the yeah. entire film. Luke? Um, so, yeah. Okay, this is actually quite um, an insightful one. This is from Luke Gorman. He says, a question he has is, what would you lot say to your past selves, either from your experiences or just to have a chat? What advice would you give yourself? So he said he'd tell himself, be more outgoing and confident because you learn more from your mistakes than from playing it safe. I would say to myself, never do a podcast with Luke Kamali. Good. 
Good, because you'll be shown up. That's right. <laughs> Especially if his eyes look like piss in the snow. <laughs> it's yeah. not Friday, so he hasn't got time. I know, I'm fine eyes. today. I'm fine today. <laughs> Well, well that's a someone. big philosophical question that to is. put on me. Uh, that you don't and give us any heads up on. <laughs> I, was, I was scrambling, getting it together. Not I would say don't bother seeing Prometheus. Really? Really? God. Um, I'd, I'd probably just say worry less. I worry a lot. Worry less. Well, why don't you stop worrying now then? So well, because this is this is if I could do it again, like you know. Yeah, I, but now I've worrying. ruined this life. Stop I just, worrying, you know. Yeah, my fifteen, my fifteen years year old self, stop stressing about girls. They will eventually. One of them, a couple of them, will eventually find you attractive. <laughs> just a couple, a, hand, a handful, <laughs> a handful. So don't stress about that as much as you did when you were fifteen. Yeah, and that spot will clear up. Yeah, uh, I'd buy a house earlier. That's what I'd do. Yeah, yeah. So stupid. There you go. Oh yeah, <laughs> buy that buy that flat in Ballam six months ago, <laughs> Chris. Back in bloody September, <laughs> can't afford anything there now. Yeah, that's welcome to my world. Wow, that's got heavy. Right, there you go. Any more? Any more lighthearted? Oh, yes. Yeah, one more. Uh, Ross Miller, friend of the show, Ross Miller says I'm messaging to thank all the duck hunters who have been a credit to the Facebook group since its inception last August. Not only are we about to hit a thousand members, but we have some really exciting events, starting with the Ricks event next week in London. Uh, in the coming weeks, we have other, other meetups around the country and Duck Hunters Gaming Sundays where, play, where duck hunters play together. So there you go. Exciting. Uh, they also do a podcast called Out of Lives. So check it out. Excellent um, stuff. That's it. Feedback. Yep. A couple of things out this week. Uh, actually, two very good things. I'm not sure about the third thing. No, know, three so very good things. Three very good things. Yeah, it's a good yeah, week. The third one is good. <laughs> I, okay. I added the third one. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Witcher 3, finally out after years and years and years, and it scored 9.3. Yeah. Is that the same as Mad Max? Or did nine, No, Mad Max got 9.2 on site, I believe. Either way, both are very, very good. Yeah. And, I know a bunch of our US editors went to go and see Mad Max last night. I really want to see that film. The the kind of tweets and emails about it were just overwhelmingly amazing. Like, uh, you've not seen it yet? No, it was last night. I was I was going to text Dan to get his feedback, but I didn't. Yeah. Uh, but our review is a nine point two. We talked about um, it's striving to be more than just another action film, and uh, it recalls the sort of pictures that don't treat the take the audience for granted. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what they're talking about in that concern, but. Um, the thing that so a I've got on I'm gonna, well I'll wait and see if I'd like it or not mm. but I'm gonna have to eat my hat because it was the film I thought could be a big failure this summer and yep. could be a flop and could be really mm. bad um, and from the sounds of it it's gonna be none of those things there's a lot of excitement around it yeah, yeah. Uh, but the big surprise I think everyone's having is that Tom Hardy isn't really the star of the film it's Charlize Theron yeah, yeah. everyone's saying her character no one's really talking about Tom Hardy even though he's the lead that her character is the most interesting character. She's brilliant in the role, and I've seen several people say, you know, it's the new Ripley. Like it's the, it's it's cool. it's taken a long time, but we've got you know a character okay. that's badass. That's a, that's a female. Nice. So yeah, that's really that's really, really exciting. That's really good. Really I'm really excited yeah. to see that. Yeah. And then Pitch Perfect too. Yes, I'm excited. I've just just got good reviews. Eight point eight out of ten on IGN. There you go. Uh, non-stop laughs, killer sound. Four or five star reviews. <laughs> I would say <laughs> it's a four point four out of five. Non-stop laughs, killer soundtrack, and better than the first one. Okay, and which I'm I liked. I wasn't crazy about the first one, but I liked it. I liked it quite a lot. I mean, I quite like that 
that music, you know me. It's like Glee. So I quite like that. Um, also, this one has a group called Pentatonix in it as guest stars, and I went to see them perform at the Hammersmith Apollo about a week ago. So my old, my old pals up there on the big screen, I suppose at the stage. Do you actually know them? No. no. Well, no. Well, I went and saw Jimmy Cliff last week in St. Lucia, and he's my pal now because I met him the next day. Yes! Even though no one knows who Jimmy Cliff I is. Don't know. No. You, did, you told me yesterday, I've forgotten already. Yeah, uh, the song I Can See Clearly Now from the Cool Running soundtrack. Right. He did that. Is that it? Uh, he's, he's done a lot. You know a few of them, actually. Okay. Did you go to St. Lucia just for that? Uh, it was a happy coincidence. Right. Uh, I think at the time I was booking it, I noticed there was a festival there, and then so it was like, oh, this is good. Yeah. And it was him and Robin Thicke. Ooh. Your favourite? <laughs> yeah, big Robin Thicke. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, that, is that it? That is it for I this week's think, podcast. Yeah, we're done. Thank you, gents, and uh, thank you to everybody who listens and watches. Uh, obviously, you can check out the full video version of our podcast on site and on YouTube, or you can download on iTunes, as always. We will be back same time next week, so until then, goodbye. Cheerio. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.